This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. So uh, as most of you would probably be aware, today's World AIDS Day and a day for remembrance, for healing, reminders and perhaps even some reconciliations. And many people will and have spoken of their challenges around living with HIV. And our guests tonight have focused on stigma and discrimination, but more specifically about disclosure. So tonight we're going to welcome to the Stand Up Straight studios Darren Weiser, who is the performer and creator, and Tasha Flowers, who is an actor in an innovative and exciting and probably a bit uh, confronting production called Stigma that is part of Midsummer 2017. Welcome, Darren and Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for joining us. Also in the studio, we have the uh, lovely Stephanie and the equally lovely Clayton, who is across the desk making us sound beautiful. Hi, Stephanie. Michelle. So lovely to have you back in the it studio. Is, and we it's, have missed you. It has. Um, it's been um, a sad time uh, listening from uh, from a distance and not being part of uh, the, the amazing shows. I've had some. Uh, Fabulous guests. We um, have. We've had a really great time, but it is just lovely to have <laughs> So thank you, everyone. Uh, and uh, throughout the hour, uh, we'll be playing some music and getting to know the folks, and in particular what uh, the story is behind Stigma, although the name may not just be what it what people might think and you can send us a message throughout on 0427 joy 949 or send us a message on air at joy.org.au and Mushin is on the desk so you can uh, ring him up and uh, ask us any questions as well 1300 joy 949 so without further ado, so you're part of Midsummer 2017. Now I know, Darren, you had an extraordinarily confronting production as part of Midsummer 2013 also around HIV, but from much more of a personal perspective. Tell us a little bit about that. That's correct. Uh, No One Likes Me had started uh, actually back in 2011, 
launched in 2013 at Midsummer. It had a re- second remount this year in 2017 as well. Basically, it was an autobiographical solo where I talked through my uh, life experience, lived experiences of bullying, sexuality, uh, prejudice, um, and then I uh, talked about my uh, HIV status. Was that um, a kind of a cathartic experience? Is that, do you remember the reason why you wanted to do it initially? Yeah, well, because it's like as a theatre maker, and, um, and, and Tash can also talk about this, like I wanted to kind of storytell um, something personal. I wanted to share my experiences of, of being coming out as gay, uh, d- uh, coming to accept my homosexuality, the bullying, the parenting, uh, and all those kind of relationship things. So, you know, I wanted to start there, get it out of my system, so then I could start to create other stuff. But do you ever get it out of your system? No, because <laughs> we're using it for stigma and we're, we're, um, we're about to unpack all of that in the studio. So uh, we'll talk about that in a second, mm-hmm. but I, I know when, uh, when I went to see um, No One Likes Me, which was at La Mama, very small, intimate space, and it's really in your face. And there was a scene, and I hope you don't mind me raising this, where... You become almost animalistic, and it was uh, symbolic, I think, of the relationship uh, you had with your father. Can you talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, well, that was a character which was animalistic. He, mm. he was the character came from a boar, so I used an acting technique called you, you Have an Animal. So I based my father's character off a boar, and the, I portrayed him from part of my experiences with my father. I, I saw him as hostile and aggressive, and I was very fearful of my father and that relationship. So I portrayed that in an animalistic, um, aggressive, alpha male, um, homophobic type of um, being who, you know, was quite abhorrent towards gays. And his own son. And his, his own, own son, yes. His own flesh and blood. Yes, his own flesh and blood. And Darren, what is your relationship with your father now? Well, he passed on. Okay. But it was very to my well, I my mum's going to kill me, but like I felt I didn't have the best relationship with my father. Mm. Um, I felt there was a lot of you know love and stuff that I I yearned from my father, and so that kind of was portrayed through the work. And was any of that resolved before he died, or or was this your opportunity to try and? resolve some of it through theatre? Well, yeah, no, it wasn't really resolved, no. My dad wasn't the greatest talker. I didn't, mm. I, you know, I talked better with my mum. Um, and so it was kind of resolved as a cathartic experience when I went and did the work. It wasn't the reason why I did the work. I just wanted to storytell and create theatre and I thought, I thought I've got something to say and I wanted to say it and so I said it. And you, and, and it's a mix between... It was acting and music and dance, and it, it's it's so highly charged yep. with energy and anger and and emotion and everything, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's part of my practice, and this is what we're unpacking in Stigma. We are. I'm a choreographer and a director, so I'm a trained actor and a trained uh, classical and contemporary dancer. So we use both mediums to create work. So if you look at movement and you look at text and what the actor and the dancer does, and I blend those. From those extremes, I blend the two, mm. which then can just be sound, you know, that I, and it can be this visceral, porous body that is um, talking without necessarily text. You lose, use some amazing words. I'm already excited. <laughs> uh, we're going to go for a song and a break, and we're actually going to have a little bit of a chat to Tasha as well. You're on Stand Up Straight on Joy. 
Joy 94.9 is made possible with thanks to over 300 volunteers who work hard every day of the week to keep us out loud and proud on air and online. December 5 is International Volunteers Day. Joy 94.9 would like to thank all of its volunteers who help keep Joy on the air all year round. Joy 94.9 thanks all of its amazing volunteers for their invaluable contribution to the station. Thank you. Thank you. Joy 94.9, your voice, your radio station. HIV is still here and it's on the move. Community highlights from today, World AIDS Day. Good morning, everybody. Uh, My name is Richard Keane and I'm president of Living Positive Victoria. People with HIV have always been engaged in HIV prevention. We were delighted this year, along with our Prepacord partners and in the presence of the Minister, to launch our Double Happiness campaign, which puts treatment as prevention alongside PrEP As somebody who has lived with HIV for over 25 years, I couldn't help but take on the internalised stigma of those early days where people living with HIV had been historically cast as the problem or vectors of transmission. The scientific evidence is now clear. Treatment adherence and viral load suppression greatly reduce the chance of forward transmission of HIV to virtually zero. We are finally acknowledged as an integral part of the solution and it is changing the way that we see ourselves. We look forward to hearing from the Minister, Jill Hennessy, shortly, and our keynote to speaker today will be Associate Professor Edwina Wright. Then we have our speakers from Living Positive Victoria on the realities of living with HIV and how today and into the future people living with HIV are key partners in the HIV response. Recent data from the Kirby and Burnett Institutes suggests that Victoria is within touching distance of the bold 90-90-90 targets that we had set for ourselves. Recent data shows that 88% of Victorians now know their HIV status. 84% are on treatments and 90% of those on treatment have attained a suppressed viral load. And I believe those figures will be updated today. This reveals, however, that 12% of people living with HIV in this state still do not know that they are HIV positive. And just one small snapshot. Over 50% of heterosexual people diagnosed in Victoria each year are late diagnosis, with significant related health issues to be addressed at the time of receiving that news. Continuing to challenge HIV stigma is essential if we are to engage in that last 12% of people into testing, into treatment and ongoing peer support services, because HIV is still here and it's on the move. To hear more World AIDS Day highlights, head to joy.org.au forward slash joy community highlights. World AIDS Day 2016, thanks to our community partners, Living Positive Victoria, VAC, the Burnett and Doherty Institutes and Joy 94.9. Be an ally. Talk it out. Educate yourself. Stand up straight on Joy 94.9. We are talking with Darren and Tasha, who are the creators and actors as uh, part of a play. No, it's not a play. It's an experience, would you say? Live theatre. Live theatre as part of, it's called Stigma, part of um, Midsummer 2017. So we're going to have a bit of a chat now to Tasha, who is um, the only female in the production. Yes, well, I guess I'm the only female performer, performer. Um, but an important part of this project is that we're talking with uh, 
with a range of women of different ages who are living with HIV. So are those stories Mm -hmm. that are gathered, is that what you then perform or uh, dance the story of or is that what happens? Um, Well, it definitely informs the work we do. Mm. So it's a devised piece. Um, What does that mean for those that don't know? Uh, Somebody asked me this the other day and I uh, just said, it means basically we're making it up. Um, (laughs) You know, we're writing. But not on the spot. You've made it. So does that mean you create it together? Yeah, that's right. So Darren is directing it um, and we're drawing on lived experiences and stories of people living with HIV. But um, really it's a collaborative process. Yeah. Uh, with the community and with each other. So I'm I'm uh, wondering whether you have, prior to either auditioning or being involved, mm-hmm. did you tell your friends and or family and what were their reactions about being involved in... This is just not a musical. This is not just, you know, some pantomime-type theatre mm. here. This is really cut, cutting edge. Mm. So how did they feel? Well, I've been um, really, well, not hugely surprised, but pleasantly surprised that... Um, a lot of my friends are really interested in this. They think it's really great. But what do I ha- they ask you, though? Uh, well, what well, interests them? Well, do you know, uh, Well, what, what I think about straight away is that I've been asking a lot of my friends, ah. what do you know about HIV? Right. Um, have mm. you been tested for HIV? And none of my girlfriends, no, I don't know any girls or women who have been tested for HIV. Have you? Um, yes, so you did very recently for wow. the first time. It had never been on my radar, uh, to be quite honest. And I guess this is part of the stigma that exists out there around HIV. I just thought I don't need to worry about it. And when I really, uh, you know, I've started to really examine that. Wh- why did I think I didn't need to worry about it? I did didn't... you have an answer? Well, yeah, I think <laughs> to be really. Um, Blunt no, and honest. That's what the space is for. I think it comes down to I think um, I didn't need to worry about HIV because I'm a woman, hmm. because I'm straight, because I'm, you know, quote unquote sensible, hmm. educated, um, which, which is an awful thing to, to realise, you know, that I carry this stigma as well. Um, and it's been really eye opening for me. And I think, you know, and for my friends and family too, that. Um, you know, there's such a strong association around HIV being something that affects only gay men. Mm. Tasha, with your testing, yeah. I'm just interested to know, as a woman, what that involves. Because I was tested but back in the early 90s and mm. I know that things have changed enormously since then. Mm. It was so interesting. So first of all, I was quite nervous leading up to getting tested and I went on the internet and had a look and I found a few different clinics and sexual health centres I remember I, um, I found a video on one particular sexual health centre that had information about getting the HIV test and it was specifically and only targeted at gay men. Mm. There was not a single mention of if you're a woman, come in and get tested, mm. if you're heterosexual, come in and get tested, if you're transgender. It was really only for gay men. Did that offend you or what did that stir up in you? Uh, th- at that point, oh, it didn't offend me, but I was—I re- just keep sort of surprising myself at how strong, I guess, this stigma yeah. or that branding of HIV. Because the yeah. thing is, that right. could have reinforced your belief in 
I'm safe. I'm okay. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not part of this group. Yeah. But instead, you pushed you pushed past that. And I I really had to push when I went to the sexual health centre. What do you mean you had to? So they didn't. They weren't interested. Well, really, I went. I saw the nurse. Um, the you know the triage nurse, and she asked, "What brings you in today?" Um, and I said, "I'd like to get a HIV test. I'd like to be tested for STIs. I've realised um, I haven't done that before." And um, you know, I've had pap smears before I've booked in to get skin checks in my experience I've never had to justify asking for a test um and I really felt I sort of had to justify why and she you know was asking so I was told by two nurses repeatedly you know this is a blood-borne virus you know um it really mostly affects gay men they say gay men in Australia um and I, 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 you know, it was if I wasn't in this project and I, you know, wasn't, I didn't feel it was important for me to have this test, and you know, and I feel it's important for everybody, heterosexual, gay, women, men, to have it. I would have thought, oh, okay, I'm at extremely low risk. It doesn't affect me. I don't need to worry about it. Um, and this is after, you know, this nurse had had asked me so few questions. She'd only just met me. Um, and I guess, you know, I look, I, I look white, I'm educated, I speak well, so there's it, assumptions. I'm, I'm, I'm She's I'm making a whole smacked. lot of assumptions about your life, yeah, yeah. based he, on the way you look and but, present. Yeah. Is that stigma from the nurse's point of view? Is it lack of education? Is it narrow-minded? Is it all of the above? Is it an assumption of you, Tasha, and mm. your appearance and therefore you, uh, whatever she was thinking... I would imagine that I would be furious. Did you feel you had to justify why you wanted to be there and it's my right and I can do whatever I want? I've got every reason to be here. Yeah, I have felt that a bit. I've been a bit surprised that at times I felt a bit indignant. Why do I have to keep you yeah. know, justifying? Um, uh, but I think it is, well, I mean, you know, look, it is true in Australia, I think, that um, HIV does mostly affect gay men, but we know that globally more than half of the people living with HIV are women. And it doesn't matter how many women, how many heterosexual or gay women in Australia are affected by it, there are women who are living with it. Mm. And the stigma is real for them as much as it is for gay men. I'd like to, when we come back um, in a second, and have a, a delve into a little bit more about what that stigma is for because there's stigma around... You've, you have, in a sense, indirectly, Tasha, experienced that stigma. So somebody perhaps has had this judgment of you, well, have you had, you know, lots of partners or uh, mm. they've, they're potentially making a judgment of you because you're there to have the test. Instead of being proactive, it's almost like she was assuming she was that you were being reactive, mm. and I find that really interesting. Uh, we are in the studio with Darren and Tasha and Stephanie Michelle. Uh, you're on Stand Up Straight. We'll be back in a moment. Now, what about lesbian porn? That's Stephanie. Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. <laughs> we, uh, that Stephanie is a bit crazy and she just asked the hard questions. They're so mean to me. <laughs> we uh, have in the studio uh, Darren Visor and Tasha Flowers who are part of the um, amazing product. I can't wait to see this production um, called Stigma, which is part of Midsummer uh, 2017. And as the end of December and early January uh, comes around, you will start to hear that Midsummer is one of the most extraordinary uh, events, I think, on uh, Melbourne's calendar. There's not just LGBTI them. events, it's everything. So um, can't wait for can't wait for it next year. So um, Tasha was telling us that she went and had an HIV test 
two questions. One, mm-hmm. did you feel brave? And secondly, what happened with the results? Do they give you it on the spot or do they ring you? Do they send you a letter? Mm-hmm. Firstly, I felt very nervous. Mm. Um, I felt nervous when I called up the clinic to book a test because I thought I was unsure of what to say and how mm. to ask for it and already again I guess there's this embarrassment of you know having to talk about sex and mm. your sexual health and um, fear of any judgment or assumptions it's interesting, again isn't it? mm. and then going into the clinic again yes I was nervous and there's you know there's this big screening tool that you answer on a computer behind a curtain there's very secret private mm. questions you answer and a lot about your genitals and you know your sexual life and um so I I yeah I was surprised you know I really noticed physically like I was feeling a bit hot and mm. my heart rate was quicker um and to an answer to your second question um I so I was told it hasn't been a week since the test but I was told no news is good news <gasps> If you don't hear, if you don't hear from us by next week, you're all clear. Oh my god! The ner- then the nurse said, "If you do hear from us, it will be chlamydia." Oh my god! So that's shocking. We're laughing and, and in disbelief, yeah. but isn't that a, this is our? What health. about a mental state? You know, like yeah. to say. Was hey. there? Did there, was there? Um, and this is kind of a, a question for both of you. Was there, has there been throughout your? And we're going to talk about you in a second, Darren. But. Um, any counselling or attempt at counselling or referral services or nothing. anything? Zip. Nothing for me. I have heard, you know, and, and I've spoken with a couple of women um, who have said that, you know, there should be, and, mm. you know, pr- you know, pre-counselling, before the test, after the test, obviously, you know, who, who, can, you, who can come with you? What, who will you tell if the result is positive, there's nothing. I like really. It was you left it hanging. Totally assumed and implied to me that I'm fine. In this case, though, I think the counselling really should have gone to the healthcare professional who was undertaking the testing. Yeah, mm. I agree. And like, mm. that's what the, today at World AIDS Day, there was a huge uh, focus on on women today. It was amazing. I think what is lacking is there. That's actually where the system needs to change, and it comes down to the pe- the contact points. When you go into triage and you go and like as Tash went today to have that experience, basically that I think that attitude should not have been there, and that comes down to the HIV being a, still being a homosexual gay brand, and it is all in the branding, and I think that needs to change, and we need to rebrand it. I think that's a really interesting turn of phrase, though, as well, Darren, that you say branding, yeah, because I don't think people view HIV AIDS as a branding perhaps they just think it's this gay man's disease yeah, well, off in the you know this whole project has opened up a lot of um a lot of conversations and i was chatting to a very good friend of mine barry robinson and we've been unpacking stigma mm-hmm. and what it is and we were having a dialogue about it being a gay brand and this whole process for me one of my goals is to de-stigmatize stigma how do you define stigma then well that's right and for, for, from from where i'm where i'm sitting for this project for me it is about tasha's experience it's about my experience it's about it's everyone's individual lived experiences of stigma and that can be not hiv related it can be stigma from being black white fat ra- different race it's mm-hmm. although it's completely different stigma it there you know th- there is that similar parallel even though the experiences are different so you've had um 
do we say 18 years of and tell us why it's 18 years well it's 18 years mm-hmm. ago um, I call him my live-in boyfriend was born today mm-hmm. and uh, he's been living with me for 18 years <laughs> I was diagnosed on World AIDS Day in London so today it's 18 18 years 18 years old he's legal <laughs> He's legal, so he's allowed to drink. So isn't that really interesting? So then your attitude to, as not seeing your life taking a downward spiral, although perhaps there have been times, but you see this as a celebratory day for you. Now, is that like rebranding? Only now, now, and I mentioned this on on social media today, today, only now it's taken me 18 years to be so comfortable within my uh, body that I can come out and actually comfortably talk about my HIV status. I don't care anymore. It sucks to live with HIV. It sucks to be received a stigma. I hate it and it's abhorrent, but only now am I confident enough to say you know what i'm going to do something about it but it's taken me this long like look don't there's so many young kids out there who just grab the bull by the horns and they're out there doing positive speaker bureau they're out in the community so young and so early i wasn't one of those people i've seen all these young kids newly diagnosed they're straight out there you know with advocacy which is great but it took me some time do you remember what your first reaction was when you found out Oh, look, I was, you know, I wanted to die. I wanted To be honest, I wanted to kill myself, if I was being completely honest. And my parents' reaction, well, my father's reaction was, you know, didn't help. Which, do you want to go into that? Well, he was like, basically, he said, when I told my family, he said to me, you know, um, you know, you're not a man. You should not have told the family. You should have kept it to yourself. Um, And it made me feel like killing myself because it was just horrid. You know. And there's your stigma. That's it. It's the beginning of your stigma. Yeah. But isn't that interesting? Because I would have thought, having um, understood what you told me about your father previously, that perhaps you wouldn't have told him. But I think it's incredibly brave that you did tell your family. Well, you're so overwhelmed with emotion. Um, and I've chatted about this before. The internalised stigma, which is inherent in our the branding of HIV right back since the 70s, 80s, epidemic stages where I was, all, I was in fear anyway. And so then when I came, when I came back from London, I was, it was almost like a blurred out, like I wasn't coping. And so I just, you know what, I have to tell people and then I had to tell my family because I was, I was emotionally unstable. How do you decide who to tell? And then the same question also for you, Tasha as well, being involved in this, who do you decide to tell or not tell? So first, for you, Darren. Oh, uh, look, I I told some of my close friends in London who was there at the time to kind of, um, you know, get support just to... And then I, when I came home, I it, it just had to be my family. You mm. just... They're your blood. It's a blood-borne virus. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were you prepared for rejection or people to throw you out in the street, you, so to speak? You or are, not? You, my experience was... I don't know. I was so overwhelmed. I couldn't decipher what decisions to make. You just took one moment at a time mm. to deal with the when the nurse, when the doctor told me that I was my results came back positive. It was really like this lightning bolt that went through my whole body, and I just shivered. It was like a, <gasps> and so you, you can't describe. You feel like you just. I can't put words. It's, it's, it's the that's why you dance it. Yeah, that's why we story, I story tell it. Darren, did you initially take the test because you thought you were at risk or did you just do it as a matter of course? Look, I had an experience where I would talk about and no one likes me where basically the guy, basically the guy 
pretty much kind of infected me and kind of knew about it and didn't really tell me. And during the, just briefly, during the sexual encounter, there was an exchange of put a condom on. He wouldn't. I was drunk. I was, un, I was on substances at the time. Oh. A, um, and I was making some poor choices. And when I insisted to put a, him to put a condom on, he wouldn't. And then, uh, and then it happened. And then... A, Twice he came back to the club I was working and he was like, have you had a test? Have you had a test? I'm like, no. And he came back a week later, the day after I found out, and still said to me, have you had a test? Have you had a test? And it just, you know, from, from my viewpoint, it was this, this person who infected me kind of knowingly. Mm. So you had to deal with anger yeah. on top of a whole lot yeah. of other emotions. But it was fear because he was like a, this... He was like an alpha. He was like this alpha AFL player. He was hot, male, and I was really quite scared because I thought maybe he might bash me, mm. and he might think that I've given it to him. But I knew in my heart of hearts from that circumstance it was him who in, he infected me. Tasha, I'm wondering, hearing and and um, have you heard these types of stories from Darren? And I know I, I, I'm mesmerised as he's speaking. Do you do you mm. find the same thing? And is this kind of what you've experienced through this process i know you have you're not performance mode yet but mm. your story gathering and that sort of thing at the moment how do you feel when you hear this sort of story oh i'm I find, i'm very moved mm. um yeah it's it's incredibly powerful to hear um darren's story and and to you know the women i've met who have shared their story i'm you know i'm in huge admiration it's incredibly brave um and it's something like i say it's just not on my radar i was so unaware of yeah yeah and darren how much of your story actually influences the production well of course course, being the creative lead it's going to be my lived experiences that are going to come through the work because we're also working with two boys sam duncan and rory godbold some wonderful actors as well as tasha so they get to work I get to story tell through their bodies and voice, my lived experiences, plus also the HIV positive community that we engage with because it's not just about my lived experiences, it's about the community we're working with. So we've already had a first stage development where a community member came in, an older gentleman who... um, Oh, that's terrible. I'm sorry <laughs> if you're listening. Okay. Um, well, lovely gentleman. Yeah. Uh, lovely gentleman. Anyway, uh, he's adorable. Came in to share his experience and we are engaging um, other members of the community through some workshops that are coming up. Um, and Tasha's already engaging with uh, positive women at the moment to share their experiences. So it's not just mine, it, but of course... It's going to have my take because I'm the lead. I'm the creative lead. I'm directing and choreographing it, and I'm not performing. FYI, it's the three actors, so I'm not in it. I'm, mm. I'm actually the director, which is, that is hard great. To step back from that. Well, there's a process because when you give a show over, I do a ritual, oh, you, and you oh. kind of go, I now hand, hand the show it. over to you. I don't. It's I can't do any more. Take it, mm. and that and that way I take away control because there's a you know there's a con- bit of you know, controlling and directing, and then I give it to the artist so then they can have it. But isn't that a beautiful process, though, because you've created it and very much a collaborative effort. Yeah, together we've created it, Yes, and then you can actually sit back, maybe not enjoy and relax, but sit back Mm -hmm. and um, and then the... Do you feel a lot of pressure on your shoulders, Tasha? Oh... Oh, oh, will you? No, honestly, it's a it's a real um, honour and a and a pleasure to work on something that um, has a lot of meaning behind mm. it, and I feel actually just incredibly supported. And um, Darren already has been, you know, really great in um, sharing, you know, this creative process, and I feel like we you know, it really is such a collaboration. 
It is. A, it, it's a, the, you speak quite glowingly of each other. It's quite a beautiful experience. We're going to come back and have a little bit of a chat about the types of people that you've been that you've been collaborating with and how you're involving the rest of the community. You're on Stand Up Straight on Joy. HIV is still here and it's on the move. Community highlights from today, World AIDS Day. I now am very pleased to introduce the Honourable Jill Hennessy, the Minister for Health and Minister for Ambulance Services in the Labor Government. World AIDS Day encourages all Australians to be aware of HIV, to remind us that we need to work together to take action to reduce transmission and to ensure that people living with HIV can fully participate in the life of the community free from stigma and discrimination. And this year, as has already Already been outlined, our World AIDS Day theme is HIV is still here and it's on the move. And HIV is still with us. We still have, we know, um, around 7,400 people with HIV living in Victoria. Thanks to the tireless work of scientists and clinicians, most importantly, affected communities, AIDS as an individual and public issue, health issue in Victoria, has essentially been eliminated. And today, in most cases, it can be prevented by early access to support and treatment. But what remains as one of our great and grand challenges is HIV. HIV prevention is the key to achieving virtual elimination of new HIV transmissions by 2020, a goal that all Australian health ministers have committed to. And elements of our response have included pre- and post-exposure prophylaxis, treatment as prevention, the promotion of risk reduction practices and the elimination of stigma and discrimination. And earlier this year, I was really delighted to be part of the launch of the Double Happiness Campaign, an initiative of Living Positive Victoria and the Prep Accord Partners. And it's an initiative that focuses on improving community-level understanding of both PrEP and treatment as prevention. And those two pillars are essential. It was a spectacular event and I want to commend all of those involved for the work that they're doing. There was also some pretty spectacular cupcakes at that launch as well. (laughs) But I know that many of you in this room already know that PrEP changes lives. It is a very effective HIV prevention tool and one that offers great hope and optimism about a future where HIV is virtually eliminated. And for those reasons, the Victorian government was very delighted to join with the Burnett Institute the Victorian AIDS Council, Alfred Health, to co-fund and co-design a public health research study for PrepX. And there has been incredible uptake of this. And I think it shows just how keen Victorians were to take effective prevention measures to protect themselves and to maintain their health, the health of the community. And today I'm really delighted to confirm that we'll be expanding that PrepX study to include rural and regional Victorian access sites. To hear more World AIDS Day highlights, head to joy.org.au forward slash joy community highlights. World AIDS Day 2016, thanks to our community partners, Living Positive Victoria, VAC, the Burnett and Doherty Institutes and Joy 94.9. Hi, this is Adelaide and you're listening to my mum, Stephanie and Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. 
If you would uh, like to send a message in or a question to um, Darren or Tasha, you can send us a message on 0427JOY949 or email us on air at joy.org.au. Just like Melina has. So thank you very much. She says, love your style. She's also mentioned that she loves Nicholas and his passion as well, who is a, um, a, a huge um, advocate. Advocate, yeah, you yeah, say? yeah. A huge advocate in the community, yeah. Um, we um, have had another message come in uh, in relation to Tasha was saying that she went and had an HIV test. So I'll just read this out. It's from Matthew. So thanks, Matthew, for sending and taking the time as well. This is a horrible experience you're talking about. My clinic couldn't have been more supportive when I got tested after a confirmed high-risk exposure. They explained everything, put my mind at ease, and when the results came back negative, continued to support me with regular testing, etc. See, that's great. I'm a gay man who went to high... Uh, went to a high contact clinic who specialise in sexual health. Straight people would get the same support there, but nobody should have to seek out such a place to get such amazing support. And that's great. Thank you, uh, Matthew. If you wanted to mention the name of that place, we would be happy to uh, if you uh, if you want to. So thank you. Um, we um, the, uh, projects like this, like yours, don't. Um, come around because you've got uh, really deep pockets and you're loaded with cash at all. It ain't going to happen, no. isn't it? So no. tell us, you've got a possible campaign as well. Yes, so we have a we have a possible campaign up. We're, this At the moment it's self-funded. We have a bit of support from Living Positive, uh, from VAC, so thank you VAC. Living Positive Victoria is supporting it as well, so thank you LPV. Uh, the Space Dance Centre is spo- sponsoring it. So we are actually asking, uh, uh, doing a crowdfunding campaign. There's a post up on Stand Up Straight at the moment, so if you jumped onto your Stand Up Straight um, uh, Facebook page, Facebook. Mm-hmm. there's also you'll see the possible campaign, so We've got a, uh, just under $1,000 to meet our pledge, so I'd love people to do some pledging on World AIDS Day for us just That'd so we meet nice. our target. There's also my email on your Stand Up Straight um, Facebook page, and the reason why the email is there is because we are asking the HIV positive community to come into some workshops, which there's four of them, which Tash oh. can tell more about the workshops. Yeah, yes. so the workshops um, are really an opportunity to share your story in a really safe and confidential space um, in a really creative way. Um, is it recorded or videoed or both? Note? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, I think it's important to say we'll be obviously confidential and people be in control of how much you know how much you want to share. Um, if you know you don't want to be named, that's totally fine. But do, do you have a and criteria? they don't have, sorry to cut in, but yeah. they don't have to share. So this, that's right. This is about setting up a space where people who have living with or affected by HIV can come into a creative workshop, work with some very talented professional actors, mm. work on how to explore their stigma, their internalised stigma, share their stories in the space. They could just come and watch. There's no judgments. Oh, what a love... So for somebody that's perhaps maybe they're they're not out to the rest of their family with their status or anything like that, that, so it's even uh, a bit of a... So as you say, a really nurturing space. So do you... Um, you, you've um, been in contact with many women so far. So what sort of age group or background? Are they married, old, young? What sort of... It really varies. Yeah. Um, uh, we're working with, um, you know, middle-aged, married women, mothers, uh, women, younger women around my age in their 20s. Wow. What, what surprised yeah. you about the women that you've met? Oh, well, a lot. I mean, like I said before... Um, I, you know, was p- part of the stigma that exists in thinking that, it, you know, HIV doesn't affect women. Women don't have to think about it. And, and um, I'm surprised at, you know, how vitriolic some of the 
You know, I spoke with a woman the other day who's received really, like, just hideous hate mail. Oh. Um, you know, anonymous hate mail. Mm. Um, and, all, you, know, sim- you know, similar to what Darren was talking about with the, the experience of disclosing to his parents that, you know, her parents really blamed her, were really disappointed. Um, and the, re- the rejection that people face, and um, particularly in intimate relationships sexual context because we touched on that before about disclosure and i know one of the one of the um themes i suppose for want of a better word is about disclosing as you're entering into sexual relationships so that must be fraught with horrendous levels of, well, that's, of that's, danger that's, and that's the whole um concept of this project it's mm. t- the whole leading theme is Stigma around sexual relationships, relationships, and so, what that and what that is. Even though, of course, you can catch you can catch. Sounds terrible. You can HIV can be transmitted through you know intravenous mm-hmm. needle blood transfusion, mother to baby. There's not you know there's, it's not just one way, but we kind of used the the sexual kind of contact as a way of in, in a way mm-hmm. rebranding that you know. HIV has always been related to just sex, hence the branding of it just yeah. being gay, deviant men who have mm. gay sex, and so they're to blame because they're guilty. But we cannot, you know, we all we all have sex, and we yeah. all, we are all involved in intimate relationships, and we all want to be loved and accepted, and already that's something that's really difficult for everybody to navigate, and is is often fraught with fear of rejection. So are these the sorts of stories that you'd really like to have people come for? And and you're always looking for people, aren't you, as we said? Absolutely. So if anybody out there is listening and who'd like to get involved in this project, we have four workshops, two in December, two in January. FYI, this is a development. It just happens to be a very public um, showing this project um, is going to be have a full season in 2018 for Midsummer, um, most likely at La Mama Theatre. Thank you, La Mama Theatre. That's such a supportive, yeah. wonderful um, independent yeah. theatre community. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be doing this without them. Thanks to Ned and big shout out to you guys and Caitlin and Liz. Um, so please um, get in contact um, with my by coming onto your website and looking for my email on your Stand Up Straight and then you can come and get involved and, and share your experiences. And Darren, what sort of a time commitment would people need to make? Oh, know, it's two... workshops, like first two hours, one's three hours? Two and a half hours on a okay. Sunday. first one's in actually Sunday week, the 11th, right. at the PLC, thanks to PLC. Um, we're doing two and a half workshops, two and a half hours of um, creative workshop development and then we have another three two-hour ones. And nothing is off limits for people, is it? No. You, you You are an absolute totally welcoming space for anyone everything's on everyone is welcome and everything's on the table there's no filtering mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is that liberating to absolutely because like i've that? said to tash and i've said to the actors everything is on the table until we decide we're still in, in negotiating how is the how is this woman going to be um get the virus or have a bit how is she going to going to be infected we're still negotiating mm. how that can happen there's many many ways when you're creating an idea of which ways a story can go so so tell me in a workshop environment are you going to be just sitting and listening will you be doing role plays will you get people moving will you do some meditation i mean what happens well we'll do like a, a physical warm up because it's physical theater this whole work Physical warm-up, we'll get the body moving. We'll do some vocal warm-ups. So if people want to talk, they can talk. Basically, I'll and then we'll do some trust exercises with the actors and then we'll – because then we'll slowly lead into their personalised emotional 
experiences because when you're when you're talking, it's very confronting mm-hmm. to confront uh, a thought which has got fear attached to it or shame or guilt or whatever you want, want to put on it. Especially in a group environment. Absolutely. So with the support of the wonderful actors I'm working with, where we're collaborating with, they will help lead and shape and guide and support the uh, community who is invo- who comes in to be involved. Um, I'm sure you are, but I hope you are proud of what you are about to produce because um, what you're doing I think is very brave and I, it's also innovative and inclusive. I just think it's a wonderful Thank and I you. hope you are proud of it. And this, I've got a question for you. You might have to hold that. Okay. Uh, you're on Stand Up Straight <laughs> on Joy. I'm nervous now. <laughs> you're listening to Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. She's my mum. Uh, we have Darren and Tasha in the studio with us who are two of the creators, I think. Uh, and uh, Tasha is one of the performers of Stigma, which is going to be part of Midsummer 2017. Go on. You're my question. Okay. <laughs> my dear Michelle, have you had a HIV test? No, I haven't. And How? I actually was filled with a bit of shame before because we've got two ladies in the studio at different age, you know, quite different ages, and they've both both done it. And I feel really bad that I haven't. Now is the time. And it's a shameful thing. Um, well, it's just, isn't it interesting to have that question asked? And that's what we're, we're also asking that question in this project. And I'm curious to find out why they would, what they will ask of me, mm. you know, 50-odd-year-old woman, why are you here? Yeah. I want to know what they ask me and what counselling yeah. or not. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to I say as well, I mean, I've talked about my experience and, you know, some of it which maybe wasn't so positive, so mm. to speak, um, but I, I really do encourage people to go out. It didn't take very long. And if you, you know, you have, you, you talk to someone that you trust about it and you're supported, it's a really, you know, just a good thing to do like we do with other health checkups. It's positive sexual health and yeah. looking after yourself. Um, taking responsibility and accountability. Yeah, we Correct. all need to take responsibility. So the dates are? So the dates of the performances are mm-hmm. at the Mama Theatre, the 30th, the 31st of January and the 1st of, De- 1st of Feb. We've got a and a as well. So we're having a question right. a Q&A on the Tuesday after the performance. The dates for the creative workshops are the 11th of December, 21st of December, 10th of Jan and 16th of Jan. So please email me from your Facebook page All to right. get in contact. Thank you very much. Thank you for... Having the thought and putting this uh, piece together, and I really, really am thrilled to uh, that you've been on the show tonight, and we look forward to seeing you in person. Thank you, Tasha. Thank you. Thank you, Darren. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Clayton, across the desk. Up next is Family Matters. You may hear the young Stephanie uh, for the next hour. (laughs) You have been listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy ninety four point nine. Daniel Whithouse is our big guest next week. Tune in then. is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. 
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.